Welcome to the Manufacturing Employer Podcast, where we talk workplace culture and all things related to the strategies that drive exceptional environments for employees. You'll hear conversations with those in the manufacturing space tasked with making their workplace better. Employee engagement, benefits, onboarding, hiring, we'll be discussing the working experience from top to bottom. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Employer. I'm your host, John Franco, co-founder of Gorilla76. We are the industrial marketing agency. We help manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. On today's show, I'm very, 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 very excited to have Eddie Saunders Jr. joining us. Eddie and I have agreed to go unscripted on this one, so consider yourself warned. Before we get into that, a little bit about our guest, and admittedly, this part is scripted as I want to make sure I properly capture all that Eddie brings to the table here. Eddie Saunders Jr. is a passionate thought leader in the manufacturing space. He has proven himself to be an innovator and strategic thinker, consistently pushing the boundaries. And when I say pushing the boundaries, I mean seriously pushing the boundaries. I'm sure we'll all kind of get a feel for that of what's possible. Throughout his career, Eddie has built a reputation for his ability to create compelling and effective marketing campaigns that drive results. Eddie is a firm believer in the power of empathy and uses this approach to connect with customers and build long-lasting relationships. He is also a sought-after speaker and thought leader, regularly sharing his insights and expertise with audiences around the world. Eddie is a true innovator in the manufacturing space and is proud to help take industrial marketing to the next level. Eddie, welcome to the Manufacturing Employer. Man, it's so awesome. You know, I've heard a lot of the content you know, that you've been producing and Gorilla is always just spitting out absolute fire. So anytime that I have a chance to collaborate with you or anyone on your team, I will run headfirst at that opportunity. So thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. And I, I love the energy because I was telling Eddie before we started, it's Friday, we're recording this on a Friday and we're in the middle of this like 100 degree heat wave. This week has been a very busy one and I'm limping to the finish line. And I was like, I need some energy here. And Eddie couldn't have been a better guest for this show. So I guess let's just kind of start your background. There's some marketing in the background. There's some manufacturing in the background. How did you end up where you are now specifically in the manufacturing space? Like what did that journey look like and how did you get into the manufacturing space? Yeah, I mean, I was subjected to manufacturing from a very young age. I mean, I watched my dad work in a specific plastics manufacturing facility from before I can even remember. And it's honestly been an inspiring story because he is that classic old story of the guy who started very base level and quite literally worked his way up and now is second in command of the entire company. And to be able just to watch him grow like that, it's been awesome to see just me personally watching my dad do that. But it's been equally inspiring to where um, when I was in my uh, teens, I did dabble in some manufacturing roles, just kind of get my hands in, in the dirt, if you will, got that Midwesterner, you know, let's just get our knuckles into the dirt type of feel. So loved that. And then through that, I was always really passionate about marketing. I knew from when I was really young, I was going to do marketing in some type of way, form or fashion. And it's just so ironically, I think about five or six years ago, I was able to then blend those two passions together. And it's been nothing but upward and amazing opportunities and lots of noise made since then. That's perfect. And that's a great segue, actually. And truly, everyone, this is unscripted. But a big reason that this podcast came about was we are a marketing agency. And I think when you think of marketing, 
you think of attracting new business. But for some reason, we don't think about attracting employers, showcasing our brands to prospective employees, I guess. And we all know right now in the manufacturing space, especially a lot of these companies are hurting for people. I mean, we hear it often from clients, potential clients, whatever. We can't find people right now. So I guess like, what are your thoughts on just marketing a company as an employer brand as like, how can a company attract the right talent? What channels should they be using now? Where should they be fishing for great employees, I guess? Sure. Well, I definitely think reverse engineering with intention because we all want to create a solid message, right? But we also need to know who it is that we're trying to speak to. So just like in a marketing strategy, if you're marketing externally for to earn that business, you bring a good point. Not enough people think about how they're going to attract that next generation to fill those gaps that are clearly existing and clearly not getting filled. So I mean, I'm a big proponent of social media by all means, because it's almost a guaranteed distribution of attention, you know, and you can even target the specific end users. But before you even have that type of strategy are you really putting your best foot forward as it is like so information is a commodity in 2023 and has been for quite some time and just like we do reviews and research when we're getting ready to purchase something on amazon or purchase something anywhere right when we're getting ready to make an employment decision do you think we do any less research you think we're not checking socials we're not checking the website so if you have just a large amount of information i mean it really just creates more relevancy but if i look at your company and you have social media profiles but there's been nothing active for quite some time you may not take into consideration that millennials and gen z are going to look into things like that and put weight to it but we are and we do and there are so many that are clearly missing the mark we probably do it more so than any generations in the past and it's only doubling down right like i I can't tell you the number of companies and this isn't just manufacturing. This is a lot of spaces. I'll go to their glass door and I'll see that they have two reviews and a two-star rating, but I know they're a great company. I've worked with them. I know people that work there. And as I do a little digging, what I basically learn is like, there's just no ask and not an ask of, Hey, would you go write a great review for us? But, uh, Hey, employee X, you've been here six months. We always appreciate feedback. Would you consider writing a review on Glassdoor? Give us your honest opinions only. If you have a good work environment, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get a positive review and you're going to build up a series of good positive reviews so that when you, that one person does have a bad experience or maybe you have to terminate someone and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to come like, you know, I'm going to come throw gasoline and throw a match on your business online. Well, it doesn't hurt as bad because you have, it's strange to me that we don't see more companies doing that, I guess. Because it takes effort and they don't think that it matters, but individuals like yourselves and other entities that are forward thinking that are so in tune with their stinking people, you do get it. And that's why you implement it. That's why you put value on it, because I'm just going to go back to my original point. Information is a commodity and Google is my parent. And if I want to know something about you and your company, I'm going to go to Mama Google and I'm going to look at two, three pages deep, especially if I'm someone that has talent and I'm considering my next career move because it's not going to be, I just want a new job. I want a career defining opportunity. And if I'm looking at your information, it's either inconsistent or there's lots of holes in it or it just doesn't exist. How seriously am I going to be able to take that? And then to your point, if I'm seeing lots of positive experiences that individuals are sharing, there's lots of weight. Um, the negatives are going to come because you're being vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there. So the sharp objects are going to come, but I think that it can be far outweighed by positive reviews. The responsibility just goes back to you to provide a positive experience for your employees. So let's think back. You were talking about how you got your hands dirty in the manufacturing space. 
early in your career. So let's go back to 20 year, 22 year old Eddie, whatever it was, 18 year old Eddie. And let's say that you're like, okay, I, I need to get a summer job or whatever. I'm getting a full-time job. I need my first manufacturing gig. If you were doing that now, what social channels do you think would be the most relevant? Like where should these people be? I always talk about, I'm an outdoorsman, fishing where the fish are, I guess. Like where should they be fishing, so to speak? Sure. I mean, and just going back to specific social media profiles, I get that not every employer wants to update a LinkedIn page or wants to update their specific like Facebook or their Instagram or things along those lines. But I think we can all tell that LinkedIn is an absolute hub for the fish. All the most talented fish are there. So if you have a forward represented brand and have again consistent information and you show some activity and God forbid you do a couple of collaborations with industry relevant individuals, you're going to put yourself leaps and bounds in front of other individuals. So when you're fighting for talent, which is happening everywhere and you've got somebody on the fence, what do you think that differentiator is going to be? If you both have a website, if you both have one pages, if you've given them both good interview experiences, what's going to be that thing that puts them over the edge? because talent nowadays I'm hearing is worth that little extra effort. It's so hard. I never imagined, I've talked about this on previous episodes. I never thought the people side of running a business would be the hard part. I don't know why I thought that. I guess I thought because I have paychecks that I give out every two weeks or whatever, 24 times a year. I thought, well, that'll be the easy part. But guess what? That's table stakes. It's You have to have so much more of an experience for someone, of an intentional culture. I guess that's a question I have for you. You're the type of person if I was, you would be somebody I would want in the CMO suite or in the marketing suite, whatever you want to call that role at my manufacturing company. What kind of cultures are you looking for when you go out and you're looking for your next opportunity? What are the things that appeal to you? What Paint a picture of what that company would look like. Open door policy is a really big one. That's a big thing for me. And people say that's just more of a buzz phrase. But to me, if you rip that cool buzzword, what's underneath out of the mask is being empathetic and using empathy. It's one of my favorite words, not only because it starts with the letter E, but empathy and synergy are just huge for me. But we're going to stay on that first part because it's not only just recognizing my employees experience this like, okay, that's cool. But it's even more powerful when you can insert yourself into the feelings of those individuals, because that's the big misconception I feel like between sympathy and empathy. Empathy is recognizing the feelings of your employees. Okay, Jane Doe is sad. Okay, we recognize that. But empathy is wanting to actually have the intention and the ambition to say, I need to understand these feelings and putting yourself into that scenario figuratively, if you will. And I think that that separates employers. And when I'm going through these conversations and I have throughout the years, before I even ask about compensation, I ask, how's your company culture here? Because if I'm going to spend this many hours, like some would say a large amount of hours as compared to my family, you know, you spend a lot of time with your coworkers. You want to make sure it's good people. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Right, exactly. And so the individuals who are who are the leaders of that specific scenario, if they have this open door policy, if they're empathetic to their individuals, I think a lot of other things can take care of themselves because being empathetic covers a wide range of human interactions. Yeah, I always appreciate when I go on site with a client. I was recently on site with a client up in Michigan and the CEO of the company, we spent a lot of time with him. But I mean, I saw it wasn't just lip service. It wasn't just him telling me these things. I heard it from his employees when he wasn't around. Every day he goes out and he spends serious time on the shop floor, walking the shop floor. And to me, that's that's empathy. I've heard empathy described as, and right now no one can see it, but Eddie has a hat with a giant E on it. I thought it was for Eddie, but maybe it's for empathy. Maybe both. Eh? Maybe both. But 
you know, I've always heard empathy described as that idea of if someone's in a hole, like not just putting a ladder down for them to climb out, but putting the ladder in, going down, getting in the hole with them, and then climbing out with them. And that idea of like really putting yourself in someone's shoes, which I think as a leader in the manufacturing space, when I hear of a CEO walking the floor, for the folks in the marketing world, the CMO, there's no better place to learn than walking around and talking to your people that are doing the actual work. So I, I love that idea of empathy. I think that's really smart. It's a superpower, man. Yeah. You brought up LinkedIn earlier, and I'm glad you did. I felt this would be coming up, but I recently wrote a post. I was talking to some applicants. We're hiring for a couple of roles, and they work in the manufacturing space. But I've heard this coming from not just the manufacturing space. I've heard this type of attitude coming from all different spaces. But basically, they were discouraged from writing on LinkedIn, writing opinions, writing their thoughts, taking a stance on something, sharing work they thought was good, offering critiques, sharing to the online marketplace of ideas, so to speak. Their employer discouraged it. And I really struggled with that. You commented on the post. I have some stories kind of related to this. I'll just keep it at that. I want to unpack that a bit. I want to know, maybe you know some people, maybe you've dealt with that yourself. Why is that an attitude out there? Why do companies not want their people? To me, that's stifling someone's growth. I get it. You don't want somebody on there being controversial, like bad-mouthing yourself as a company. I mean, I would like to think if somebody was bad-mouthing you as an employer, you'd be like, okay, maybe I need to open my eyes and kind of dig into this a bit. Maybe there's something going on here. But why do you think companies are doing this? Why, why are they trying to discourage people from being part of the... Are they afraid of their employees are getting poached? I mean, what's the reasoning here? Sure. Well, yeah, I think you're going to see it a lot more with some larger companies, like larger entities that work with like enterprise type customers and global entities and brands where one small specific thing or opinionated statement from one person could quite literally have an impact on millions of dollars, you know, multiple millions of dollars of, of decisions being made. And I do understand somewhat the fear of them because human beings, we have our own thoughts and feelings and emotions and having a free range to express those to the entire world as I practice the empathy that I preach and I see their side of it, whether I agree with it or not, I do see that there is some validity to it. There's some specific emotional right to feel that way. But I do, as I will state, kind of put my little flag in the ground. I do disagree with it. I do not feel that a lot of companies, unless you make them sign a contract prior to employment, even have the right to be able to limit what human beings post on their social profiles. Now, the burden is also with us because we as individuals have to be responsible and understand the consequences that if we were to voice our opinion. What is the ripple effect? And the wise man once told me, we always have to prepare for the response. And so to answer your question more directly, I just, I think it's a base of fear of what could potentially happen if somebody says something that offends the wrong person in the wrong circumstance. And I've even known individuals and circumstances where people have been banned from doing parts of their jobs because of what's been shared or been silenced and suppressed. And though I understand that can be a conflicting feeling, we as content creators also have to understand that we must prepare for that response too. Yeah. We had an employee at Gorilla that I know you're connected to, and I will spare their name right now. I, I think they would be very, I need to get this person on the podcast actually. But this employee would do, I think it was every week, this person would do some like marketing teardowns of things they were seeing online. And it really ruffled some feathers of people in the space. And Joe and I would get phone calls 
from angry people. And they'd be like, I can't believe you're letting one of your employees do this and whatever. And I was like, that's not my right to control. And honestly, I agree with what they're saying. Like, I, I mean, this is somebody just taking a stance and they weren't, it was never like anything that bad. There's no doubt that employee built such a strong LinkedIn presence and is such a powerhouse in that space. Now we have an event coming up that we just announced and we're trying to get this person who left our company. Mind you, we lost this employee likely because of how much attention they were getting online. We lost them, which was a bummer for us, but like, I'm super proud of that growth, but we're trying to bring that person back as a speaker for a big event we're having soon. So, you know, I think about the exposure that we have gotten from our commitment to LinkedIn and and look for us, it's LinkedIn. It could be in a different space, you know, in a manufacturing space, maybe it's something with Instagram or, or showing off like more of the behind the scenes of a process or whatever it is. But I can tell you, our culture has gotten way better. It's perceived that we have a very transparent culture. We don't hide things, which is true. And it's also driven a ton of new business. I was talking with Joe today and we were sitting with our CFO and it was like, where's new business coming from right now? It's basically Google search, the podcasts, and our employees' LinkedIn use, which we don't ask them to do it, but we also don't discourage them from doing it. They're just doing it because they're also building their own personal brand. So anyway, that was a long way of me saying like, it's working really well for us. I can see there is a little risk in it, but I mean, I feel like if somebody's going to torpedo our business, they're going to torpedo our business anyway. A bad apple is going to be a bad apple regardless. I don't argue this whatsoever. And, and to solidify your point, John, and put the feather, you know, kind of in your cap where it belongs, I've learned more about your company's culture and your company in general by your employee social activity than I have from our extensive conversations between yourself and with Joe, which we've had extensive conversations. But I've learned more about your company and your culture from their social activity. And that's the cool way that everyone gets to drink, for lack of a better analogy, um, because it's and it's fantastic because it's created, it's humanized your brand in a fantastic way. And you clearly see results from it. But there are two sides to that coin we cannot ignore. No, you're right. And it's funny, like we have had a lot of conversations at this point. But even before we had our first conversation, I felt like we knew each other really well. And it's kind of one of those things where like, the first time we talked, it was one of those like, I can't believe we've never actually talked. Like we know each other, but we don't like we don't know each other. Right, right. That's why IML is so successful. You have marketers from across the industry and the country that connect and they cannot talk to each other, exchange a single, you know, piece of text, you know, within a month's period, but everybody reconnects and it's fantastic. And that's, it's the same concept. It's that hive mentality and you, you very much have it figured out and your people speak for you. They speak volumes for you, man. I agree. And I, I appreciate the kind words, Eddie. Where are you finding inspiration these days? Like what's inspiring you? Are you reading anything? Are you watching anything? Are you listening? Like what's kind of motivating you right now? Just getting you excited, I guess, giving you new ideas, et cetera. I mean, AI is really changing a lot within the marketing world. And it's funny because as we all know, I mean, we don't like to say it, but it's kind of the, the truth that manufacturing in the marketing world is typically, not all the times, typically a couple of years behind what a lot of other industries are doing. And so that's why some of these newer pushing the envelope concepts work really, really well. There's a way that you can go about it. There's a bunch of different strategies, but um, I just think it's just continuing to push the envelope. Nothing is doing that right now more than AI. And knowing that it's not going to take marketing's jobs, it's going to make life easier. And I think that individuals right now who are ahead of that, not only just in the marketing world, but manufacturers who kind of embrace that, it really is inspiring stuff because it's a way for us to work more efficiently. And, you know, that's the less 
cliche answer. Of course, I'm driven by my children and all the amazing things that, you know, my family gets me into. And those adventures, those are always pressing me in the right directions. But when it comes to what's inspiring me to want to challenge myself and looking in the specific employment, marketing and manufacturing world, AI, it's pushing all the envelopes and I love it. That's cool. Yeah, I've been wondering, we've been hiring for three roles and I've been wondering from the HR front, I'll get an application and I'll be reading it. And I'm like, was this written by AI? And then I go back to the original question of, do I care? Now, obviously, if I'm trying to hire a copywriter, maybe that's different. But it's just like, I kind of think of it like, do I care if my CFO uses a calculator? Like, I don't. I just care that that number's right. So, I mean, obviously, we need people to be able to think. And I think those are the things you try to dig into in the interviewing process. But I'm just wondering what level of, and, and I don't think there's any, I'm not asking you this. I don't think anyone knows the answer to this at this point. But I'm wondering... I'm sure that some of these applications, people are running the questions through AI and just copying and pasting whatever the chat GPT or whatever is telling them to answer a question. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's super exciting. I think it's going to obviously have a massive effect on our primary business, which is marketing. I think it's going to have a massive effect on the HR side of things. I think it's like anything. If we learn how to harness it properly, it's going to have way more positives than negatives. And I don't think it's something we should be scared of personally. Sure. No, and I completely understand. And even though I have, I don't have any clear experiences of, I know this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of us do. I would be so surprised. I can almost guarantee that the AI is being used on, because why wouldn't you, if you know how to speak to, if you know how to input into AI or chat GPT, things like those, oh man, my LinkedIn bio, 100% is probably 60% chat GPT. No joke. I don't care who knows that because it's, it's so good. And in fairness, I can hear, you know, there could be some people that work in the manufacturing space out there that aren't on the HR side, but maybe are on the employee side saying, wait a second, don't get upset about me using that. You've been using tools forever. They like pull resumes out, right? Like if something's not written correctly, bam, goes to the pile, you know, just kind of that automation. So we've been using this stuff. I think about that often. I'm like, this isn't like, yes, it's way more prevalent now, but there's been a lot of these tools that have been kind of active for a bit now. True story, man. Anything that we didn't cover that you kind of want to speak to or any thoughts just on the employment side of manufacturing or or did we cover everything? I mean, in all reality, if I kind of put any larger message out there is just to open our minds to newer ideas, because it's easy for me to say, hey, you know, the the original, the guard that stands now, like, hey, open your minds, new ideas, let's explore, let's do these things. It's, it's easy for me to be adventurous. And I try to say in confidence that when I am to that point and my hair is gray, if my hair comes in, whatever point, when my beard is gray, it's coming back, it's coming back. But when my beard is gray, I would challenge myself to be as open-minded as I am asking the individuals ahead of me to be. And so I just hope that the individuals who, who may hear this, who are looking at, you know, these specific, the next level of employers in that next generation to keep your mind open and to empower these individuals. Cause as much as there may be a stigma, there's 10 times that in potential if it's fostered and it's held correctly. Yeah. And it's just that like idea, like if you take care of your people, they're probably going to take care of you. If you put a lot of time into putting the right people in your organization, I mean, we will spend all day long. A company will build a, I don't know, I was on a company site the other day. It had 189 pages, you know, some blog pages, whatever. No careers page. So you're going to go get, try to get all this business, but then you're not going to focus at all on somebody applying and learning about your benefits and maybe seeing a video about what it's like to work there and maybe have opportunities to learn what you're doing on your social channels. I think those are the things that's like, 
it's all part of the brand, right? I mean, even the experience with your product is part of the brand. It's all, the brand is way more than just a logo and a color palette to quote a recent episode that my business partner just did with a branding expert in the industrial space. It's that entire experience. And I think we have to think about that, the hiring portion and the employment experience as part of that as well. Well, Eddie, this was awesome. Thanks a ton for spending some time with us today. How can our listeners learn more about you, connect with you, like plug Eddie Saunders Jr. here? Yeah, LinkedIn is my primary platform. It's, it's Eddie Saunders Jr. It's something I really love. I put a lot into. I love sharing industrial marketing content, you know, just self-care, things along those lines. It's a huge component of who I am and the empathy message. So that as well as I am on Facebook, as well as Instagram. But hey, be happy to connect with anybody. I'm just a DM away. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Employer. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Employer Podcast. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about our approach to industrial marketing and the role the company culture has in moving manufacturing forward, visit Gorilla76.com.